Well, hey there, and welcome to Apostolic Voice. I'm your host, Ryan French. Today, my wife, Taylor, joins me in the brand new office studio to talk about relationships and understanding personalities. We keep it candid and have a lot of fun. The whole French fam clan gathers around the mic for an all-new, highly anticipated, sought-after edition of Good Gross Great. And if you hang around to the end, I debut a poem I wrote for Taylor called Better. I think it's an appropriate time to read that poem with Valentine's Day just around the corner. Don't forget, you can get all the extra show notes and info at ryanafrench.com. Now, before we dive into the main part of the show, I want to give a few updates. First, thank you for listening, and thank you so much for recommending this program to your friends and family. It's beyond my ability to comprehend, but even without recording for the past six months or so, AV blew way past the 50,000 downloads milestone. I'm honored, humbled, and grateful for all you longtime friends and to all of our new friends who are now a part of the AV family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me give you a few interesting stats. Uh, 75% of y'all are male, 25% female. Our age demographic is around 68% between the ages of 28 and 58. That seems to be the majority, 22% ages 10 to 27. All the young folks out there, thank you for listening. And in the ages 60 plus, it's 1%. Not particularly surprising. Podcasts and YouTube aren't known for uh, hitting that 60 plus demographic. 70% of you have the Holy Ghost and your Apple users And only 14% are Android users, and we're praying for you every single day. Uh, Several new countries have have joined our listenership, and I'd like to welcome them now. Austria, Gobin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Benin, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Belize, Iran, Jordan, Israel, the Virgin Islands, Honduras, St. Kitts, St. Lucia, Algeria, the Ivory Coast, and Oman. I do know that a lot of missionaries listen to this program, and we honor you and appreciate you and your congregations that also listen. Somehow this program, and I don't know how, but somehow this program held the number one position in religious podcasts in the Caribbean islands for 22 weeks in a row. My mind is blown. Finally, and I've never done this before, I want to list the top five downloaded podcasts here at AV, top five episodes. All you new listeners trying to decide which episodes to catch up on, this list might be a good starting point for you. Starting with number one, episode 63, called It Filled the House, The Journey from Tabernacle to Temple to Earthen Vessels, with very special guest Samuel Vaughn and Uh, We are discussing his book, which is the same name as the title, It Filled the House. Number two is episode 53, Prayer, Revival, and Spiritual Warfare with my dear friend, Joe Campitella, one of my favorite episodes personally to have recorded. Number three is episode 54, Controlling Our Emotional Beast with Ed Snyder, host of True North Podcast, and this episode is is based on his book, Controlling the Emotional Beast. An excellent, excellent conversation and book. Number four is episode 49, The Artificial Face, Cosmetics, Makeup, Body Modification, and the Great Cover-Up with Pastor Timothy Hayden. Let me shout out his blog, which is excellent, searchofkings.com. And you don't want to miss that episode and... uh, Have another one in the works with him, a follow-up to that. Number five, episode 58, Why Good People Fail God with Bishop Doug White, based on his book of the same name. Let me give an honorable mention and be serious here for a moment. This past year, we lost Bishop T.L. Craft, a great hero of the faith. I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with Bishop Craft over the past 20 years, And when you were with Bishop, he had the unique ability to make you feel as if you were the most important person in the world. He certainly made me feel that way, but I watched him do that with people everywhere he went. 
He could walk through a crowd of thousands, and in just 30 seconds, he could make everyone he spoke to feel loved and special. It was amazing, a gift. But that wasn't fake or phony. He really did love people. Years ago, I was driving through Jackson, Mississippi, and he asked me to grab breakfast with him. In the middle of breakfast, he received a phone call from a desperate mom asking him to meet her at the courthouse because her backslidden son had been arrested. We spent hours, and I mean hours, at that courthouse, and he treated that middle-aged backslider with the same love he showed everyone. He just cared about people. A little over a year ago, my wife said, hey, we're going to be driving through Jackson, and you need to interview Bishop Kraft. She said, this might be your last chance to sit down with him and really talk. I I feel like she just knew somehow. And Bishop loved Taylor more than he loved me, but uh, that's understandable. So we called, and Sister Martha and Bishop graciously invited us to their home. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And that is episode 61 called Bishop T.L. Craft Interview. I hope you can take time to listen to that. Bishop, we miss you, and there'll never be another one like you. We'll see you in glory land. Well, hello, and welcome back to Apostolic Voice. We've been off the air for a little while, but we're glad to be here, and I'm especially glad to have my wife with me today. Sweetheart, welcome. Hello, hello. Is this the first time on Apostolic Voice besides uh, Good, Gross, Great or something like that? I think so. I think this is my first time. All right. This is going to be very fun. Yes, I'm excited. We're dealing with a series that we've been doing uh, in our local church called Relation Slips, and... We're talking about all things relationships. So, of course, that's that's marriage, uh, children, friendships, family, enemies, frenemies, co-workers, <laughs> and uh, certainly interpersonal relationships with church members, which are very vital relationships, relationships between um, ministry, ministers, ministers and saints, and all of that. So uh, that's a huge pool of topics to be trying to cover, so we won't be able to maybe give it the depth that we'd like to. Right. But we are going to try to approach everything in a way that is applicable in all of our relationships. And, of course, because it's you and I, right. we'll, we'll probably lean towards marriage topics, maybe a little heavier, maybe even parenting, just because that's natural for us. But... Uh, one of the things that we really thought about when we were praying about this series is how relationships affect every part of our life and certainly our happiness, um, our sense of well-being. And when relationships have slip-ups, when, when they have problems, uh, it can just it can be devastating. Even small ones that, you know, it's amazing how just someone can do something and just ruin right. your whole day, right? Right. right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it can even be a stranger. Uh, I was with Talmadge the other day. I think I told you and we were driving down the road. It, we were in traffic, of course, Atlanta traffic. And um, a guy came up, pulled up beside us, and he waved at me like to roll my window down. And I thought well, maybe I've got a a tire that's low and he's Mm -hmm. just trying to be nice and give me the information. So I rolled my window down and all of a sudden he just was like cursing at us and uh, gesturing things that I won't even repeat. And it, it ruined my day. I was upset all day long. And right here this moment, I feel those emotions welling up because I have no idea why he was doing that. I know I didn't cut him off because I hadn't changed lanes in, in a long time. And uh, I wasn't speeding or anything. It was, we were in traffic. So, And then to make it even more awkward, he, <laughs> he 
you know how you're in like two lanes of traffic and we kept getting stuck right beside each other at the same light. (laughs) Every light, we hit every red light and he'd be stuck right next to me. And poor Talmadge was, anyway, we were, it wasn't fun. So, uh, and that affected my day and that's a stranger. So imagine, you know, when it's, when it's your wife, when it's your kids, when it's someone you have to work with every day, a parent, a brother or a sister, those things, just one one situation. And many times, they're misunderstandings. Now, babe, maybe you could tell everybody how they could contact us briefly, because we are open to questions. We're going to answer one question today before this is over. So if you have a relation slip or relationship uh, related question, or just a topic you'd like us to try to a specific topic, uh, let them know how they could reach out to us. And you're the master of that. I won't be the one reading it. So So you can reach out to us via our personal Facebook page at Ryan N. Taylor French, or you can reach out to uh, Ryan's personal Instagram or my personal Instagram, or you could go to Apostolic Voice Facebook page, or you could go to Ryan A. French. Dot com And you could send any questions that you have um, uh, regarding any of the topics that we will talk about today. And we won't embarrass you if you want it to be anonymous. Right. You just We probably won't mention your name unless you want us to. Then we will mention your name. You can mm-hmm. say, hey, I would love for you to give me a shout out. But um, any questions that we cover, we're going to, of course, um, honor your privacy and not... not uh, just throw that all that out there for everybody. All right. I want to take everyone to Romans 14, 13, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version, um, well, because I, I like it in this context. And uh, this will kind of set us up for how to think biblically about relationships and slipping. And so this is what Paul says, Romans 14, 13. Then let us no more criticize and blame one another but rather decide and endeavor never to put a stumbling block or an obstacle or a hindrance or an occasion to slip in the way of a brother. Now, a couple things. You'll notice that the Amplified Version, it's really the whole point of the Amplified Version is it kind of repeats a thought multiple ways so that you can kind of get an ang- multiple angles on what's being said. And one thing that I like about the Amplified Version here is that it says, let us no more criticize and blame one another. If you look at the King James and many other translations, it will say, let us no more judge or judge not, or let's not judge one another. And that particular translation has been taken out of context so many times because when we hear the word judge not or let's not judge one another, we put a whole modern spin and connotation to it that is not the actual intent of the verse. The actual intent of the Greek word used for uh, criticize or to blame uh, wouldn't be judge in our modern language. And so, Really, the idea here is, of course, we judge sin. We have to judge circumstances. And every time you walk in a room, you have to judge, is the room safe? If you look at a person and they're holding a gun in their hand and they're pointing at you, you wouldn't say to yourself, well, I can't judge. You're going to make a judgment call. Either you think they're going to shoot that gun at you or not. And that's perfectly okay to do that. What What Paul is really dealing with here is that We have to endeavor as Christians, certainly with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and that include in our families and in our closest relationships, not to be critical people who are constantly looking to blame or shift blame or put blame where it shouldn't be, or to be nitpicky. Maybe that's not a very um, theological word, right, babe? But, (laughs) But... we're not to be nitpicky where we're constantly um, trying to put people through this process of where we're uh, 
every little thing about them is being criticized. And that, and of course, no one likes someone like that anyway. That's a hard person to live with. But rather, we're supposed to endeavor, work hard, not to be or put any kind of stumbling block, an occasion for them to slip. We don't want to be a source of slipping in a person's life. And that takes effort because that means that we have to work hard to watch other people and watch ourselves at the same time and make sure that that we're not causing something in their life that's dangerous. Okay, now that that's our first verse. Then we're going to go to Matthew 16, 23. And again, this is the amplified version. Now, to give you the setup here, Jesus had just warned the disciples that he's going to suffer and die, which is not at all what they wanted to hear. They were absolutely looking for him to create some kind of earthly kingdom and be a king and overthrow Rome and all of that. And so when they hear, uh, no, I'm going to suffer and die, not what they wanted to hear. And so Peter, being the extrovert that he was, reprimanded Jesus and said, listen, this isn't right. There's no way that's going to happen. We'll fight for you. Not going to happen. And here is how Jesus responded to Peter. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block. You're an offense, a hindrance, a snare, an obstacle to me. For you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Now, I want you to notice Peter's intentions were not bad. He loved Jesus. He was responding to Jesus in a way that he thought was encouraging and helpful. He unintentionally became a stumbling block to Jesus without meaning to. And Jesus recognized this was a danger. Remember, Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. Although Jesus was sinless, he was capable of sinning. He was in all points tempted like as we are. And so Jesus recognized this kind of conversation, this this speech that would pull him away from his mission, which was to die. This speech wasn't healthy for his humanity. And so he turned to Peter. He wasn't vague about it. And he said, get thee behind me. In other words, stop it. We're not We're not having this conversation. Why? Because even Jesus, in his humanity, had to guard his flesh against slipping. Isn't that amazing, babe? And so if Jesus had to guard himself from well-meaning people and even people that weren't so well-meaning, we certainly have to guard ourselves from that. And I believe that we really have two purposes in all of our relationships— One, we have to do our very best not to slip other people up. That's number one. And then number two, we have to do our very best not to let other people slip us up. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of us are better at one or the other of those two things. Mm -hmm. Some of us are really good at not letting other people slip us up, but... We're not so good at keeping ourselves from slipping, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So like I was thinking about our personalities today, and I think that both of us are pretty good at not letting other people slip us up, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we might have blind spots where we unintentionally uh, become a stumbling block to someone else. And, and it's, it's not easy. It's not intuitive for us to do that because, you know, our, our flesh, our humanity, it's just natural for us to look out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got a couple points for you. Number one, we want to talk about slip-proofing tips. So these are tips that will help us uh, keep ourselves from slipping and also from slipping other people up. And the first one is, this is tip number one, understanding 
personalities. Now, Taylor and I are true opposites. <laughs> almost almost in every in sense of the things. word. Uh, that expression, opposite attracts, it really is true <laughs> when it comes to Taylor and myself. But I always try to let people know that while that's true in, in most of the outward things, um, we have a lot of similarities too. That's right. Our faith in God, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yes. Uh, our love of holiness. I think for both of us, when we first were talking, uh, our love, our shared love for holiness right. was a big attraction. Right. Uh, our, our love for ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Our dedication to full time ministry right. and and working hard in the kingdom of God. We're both loyal people. That's right. Faithful people. Um, we both love Talmadge and Julia with all our hearts. Amen. We both have uh, a work ethic, mm-hmm. a strong work ethic. Um, we both love food. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. We both love fun foods, mm-hmm. unique foods. We like to try new foods. And really, it was Taylor who introduced me to this rule. What's our rule when we go away from our city and we're... We cannot eat anywhere that we have in town. We have to eat something different. We have to try it different. And it's very important that you look at all the reviews. Right. And there has to be... There at least needs to be a thousand plus reviews. And it's got to be at least four or five stars rating. And that's that's what we choose. That's how we choose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we've got ten thousand Chick Fil A's within five minutes of us right now. So we don't go to Chick Fil A. <laughs> no, but we, no, we don't. But well, we, we will go to Starbucks, though. That's a little different. <laughs> well, yeah, she has one exception to the rule, and that's Starbucks. A little hypocritical, but <laughs> but true. Um, what is that place we like to go to? It, it, other people have it. It, but it's, it's better than Zaxby's. Oh, Raisin Cane's. Raisin Cane's, yeah. Yes, so yummy. we love... Mm, I love Raisin Cane's. We love to go to Raisin Cane's. If we don't have it here, we enjoy going to it. And so we share that. We share quality time mm-hmm. as our primary love language. That's right. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we both highly recommend for everyone out there that you read, for married couples, you certainly should read The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. By Gary Chapman. By Gary Chapman. Um, he has several versions of that book, though. So mm-hmm. uh, we've read in our family. Um, it's called uh, Building Love Together in Blended Families. Blended Families. The five love languages basically for blended families. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the five love languages for the workplace, the five mm-hmm. love languages for children and teenagers and and all of that. So. I recommend all of them depending on your uh, station in life or season of life. But we've read it together, mm-hmm. just just Taylor and I, and then we've read it as a family and with the kids. And it, it's been very helpful and eye-opening. And one of the things that we discovered right away, and it's rare, is that we both share quality time. Right. Mm-hmm. Quality time is one of the five. Can we? Are we able to remember the others if we go? I think so. Quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. And acts of service. So neither Taylor or I are big when it comes to gifts. Gifts mm-hmm. is not, it's way down. I mean, I like gifts, but it's not. Right. Like- <laughs> right. But gift giving is pretty low down on our right. love language scale. Um, boy, it's been a while, but I know mm-hmm. physical. I, I know that quality time is number one. Right. I think number two, we were different though. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, words of affirmation was pretty high. Mm-hmm. And um, acts of service is how I'm asking. Yes. So for Taylor, acts of service is is number two mm-hmm. on on her list. And so it's incredibly helpful because when you start to understand personalities, which is a hard thing to do, by the way, Mm -hmm. for some people, it's 
very natural to understand personalities. It's very intuitive for them. But I think for the majority of people, we we tend to not understand other people's personalities. In fact, where we can really get messed up is sometimes we don't even understand our own personality. Yeah. And I know that's been true in my life. Yeah, me too. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, how understanding personalities, uh, even not that you have to get a PhD in it, but just a rudimentary understanding of different personalities will help you It'll certainly help you not be offended right. all the time, and it That's will right. help you not to be offensive without meaning to. And not to take things personal. Right, because certain personalities can can really take right. um, things personally that weren't intended right. to be personal. Mm-hmm. But those are our, our similarities, but then... We're completely different in all the ways that people see. So I'm introverted. And I'm extroverted. And she's extroverted. I'm I'm quiet. I'm very talkative. <laughs> she's very talkative, even though it, in this podcast it sounds like I'm the talkative one. Um, I'm glass half empty. And I'm always glass full. Always glass full. Uh, I think that if you wear brown shoes, you should wear a brown belt. Oh, And I think that it needs to be the same color brown. And by the way, if you're going to wear a hat, that hat needs to match the brown shoes and the brown belt. And uh, I don't think brown and black go together. I do. And uh, but Taylor, she really does believe that all All. colors match. Yes. All colors and not just colors, but patterns. patterns. That's right. Leopard is a neutral color. Leopard and polka dots go together. That's right. Evidently, mm-hmm. I've learned that. Um, and and so neither one of us is wrong. That's right. And uh, we, but we just, we just. I love that you said that. Right. Yeah. Neither <laughs> one of us is wrong. It's just the way we're wired. And I've certainly, uh, you know, once in a blue moon, I'll really get crazy. And I'll wear like black socks with brown shoes or something, as long as <laughs> no one can see my socks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have all these these kind of noticeable differences. Uh, one that maybe the only people who notice is you know our immediate household. But uh, I wake up tired. Is that a good description, or is grumpy a better description? Um. <laughs> yeah, a little grumpy. I, I definitely wake up sore and all of that. But Taylor, Taylor wakes up happy, happy, good morning. Mm-hmm. Just, ooh. It's, <laughs> it, it's amazing how happy she is in the morning. So we have all of these differences. Um, but they work because of our similarities. Right. But even be, even with all of our similarities, we still have had slips Lots of slips mm-hmm. uh, because of our differences. Right. And and we really are. And so it's helped us. In fact, we both had a fascination with personalities. Yeah. We'd like to read about it, study it before we ever knew each other. Yeah. Which was a similarity, by yeah. the way. That's right. And um, for me... My interest in personality started when I was very young. I, I would say maybe 12, I, I think. Um, Dad was doing a little series at church, and uh, he had a book. I think it was called The Five Personality Types. And it was by, oh, the guy who did the uh, Left Behind books, Tim LaHaye. And Tim LaHaye was outlining the phlegmatic cleric sanguine. Oh, okay. I want to get the book. Yeah. Phlegmatic cleric sanguine. What's the other one? Melancholy. Mm-hmm. And the blends of those. And uh, it that little book wasn't a big book, pretty small, had a little test with it. I took the test several times. And it really changed my outlook on life mm-hmm. because up until that point, I thought that I was just weird. I thought I was strange because I was always 
introverted, even as a kid. But I liked people. But everyone always mistook me for being either arrogant or someone who didn't have a very uh, very high self-esteem because you know they assume, oh, he's quiet, he's shy, maybe he's backwards. But I, I really wasn't incredibly shy, and I wasn't arrogant either. Mm-hmm. But I was just an introvert. And I didn't charge up, you know, growing up in church, uh, almost everything you do. And as a pastor's kid, almost everything we did in life was <laughs> an extroverted lifestyle. Right. And so I was drained emotionally all the time. And I, I thought, well, there's something wrong with me. You know, why am I, why am I like this? But as I understood personalities, I began to realize, wait, I'm not, I'm not crazy I'm not weird. Right. I'm just I'm just an introvert. And it helped me to understand extroverts too. Right. Now you have sort of similar story. Right. Maybe share how you got interested. Probably later on in life when I went to uh Bible college, the first time that I ever took that personality test with the cleric, phlegmatic, melancholy. Was in Bible college. Was in Bible college with Brother Cooley. And um I think I instantly became fascinated with it because I was, you know, learning to understand me. And he made us fill out the 50 questions. And then, I mean, back then, oh, my goodness, I think I was almost 99% cleric. (laughs) (laughs) It may be like one or two points sanguine or something like that. But the Lord's full blown extra. (laughs) The Lord's help. What do you think you are now? I'm probably. I still would think um, primary choleric, but I've got way more sanguine now, maybe half and half, maybe just a little bit more choleric, but the rest be sanguine. So for people who don't, who aren't familiar with um, this particular personality um, test, a choleric, give them a brief definition of a choleric. They're highly extroverted, charge up being around people. Yes. Yes. But more of. You know, more of a take charge personality. Yes. You know, um, let's get things done. It doesn't actually, it doesn't really matter how you get it done, but we're going to get it done. Sometimes you can tend to bulldoze without realizing that you're aggressive, very aggressive, being aggressive. And um, the negative side of a cleric personality tends to be uh, quick tempered, mm -hmm. maybe uh, flashes of anger. Mm hmm. Uh, among other things, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Sanguine is also extremely outgoing, very, very talkative, bubbly. very mm-hmm. bubbly. Right. Which I feel like... Head in the clouds, things like that. Yes. I feel like you're more sanguine than you are cleric now. Okay. Maybe that's true. Way. Or like you said... We've got to retake the test. Right. We do. Um, And so I... I would love to know. Yeah. And I'm definitely not that. What do you think I am? Um, Phlegmatic melancholy. Right. So phlegmatics are... Uh, calmer, mm-hmm. patient, very laid back, very patient, more laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, phlegmatics uh, have procrastination issues, mm-hmm. which right. which <laughs> leads us to our our topic here. Um, I am a procrastinator by nature, and Taylor is a pesternator. <laughs> And I think there are there are two kinds of people that often have problems, whether it's their marriage, brothers and sisters, friendships, right? You know, fellow saints, um, ministry coworkers, uh, pesternators, and procrastinators have a hard time living together, working together, <laughs> doing things together, and um, and we have this issue mm-hmm. because um, she's like she's like the Widow with the unjust judge. You know, she comes back every day. Hey, hey, have you have you done this yet? Hey, have you done this yet? Hey, have you done this yet? And um, I tend to move at my own pace, which you know can be very annoying. <laughs> I'll give you one of my examples of of procrastinating from my childhood that my mother loves to bring up every once in a while. So I I always struggled with keeping my room clean as a child, as a young adult. 
I'm much better now. Yes. I really am. That's that's I'm not kidding. <laughs> um and so I had this day bed, what did you call it? A I had a trundle. Like a trundle bed. So But um, you didn't have the trundle but bed. But I didn't have yeah, I didn't yeah. have the mattress that goes underneath mm-hmm. the, the bed. So it was up high. And it's like a twin size. And but I did have a comforter that went down to the floor, so it kind of covered that big empty gap where a mattress should be. And so when my my parents really were fed up with my procrastinating of cleaning my room, I would shove everything under the bed and then I'd make the bed, which looked great. And right. but you couldn't see everything under there and you could fit a lot. Um, and so I had a bad habit of, you know, putting my dirty clothes under there and uh, couldn't, you know, no one could find my clothes because they're under the bed. And uh, I was. One one particular summer, I was eating a lot of tuna, and I'd bring the tuna can up to my room, and I'd eat it. And uh, and then uh, a couple cans somehow got pushed under the bed. And the deal with that is tuna, Ugh. when it goes bad, oh, it, it goes bad. And I was just, you know, when you smell something gradually, you get to where you don't notice it anymore. And so it was really rank, but I wasn't noticing it. And I, I remember the day that my mom walked into my bedroom and that that rank tuna odor <laughs> just just hit her. And I, oh, I was in trouble. I was in big trouble. And Oh, my goodness. And they still love to tell that. So my brothers love to tell that story. That's so funny. And that's a perfect example of, of just procrastinating. For me... Uh, that wasn't high on my list. Now you can testify that if uh, if something is very very important to me, or if you know if I've got it as a priority, mm-hmm. I can do things very quickly. Yeah. The difference between you and I though is that uh, you like to get everything done right away. Right. Regardless of how big or little it is. Right. If it's on the list, let's get it done. And if, even mm-hmm. if even if it's not due until March of next year, right? You want that checked off your list. Mm-hmm. My which is br- a uh, which is part of being a cleric personality. Yeah, get it done personality. Mm-hmm. My personality is very uh, into prioritizing, so I feel like you know what, I don't need to think about that mm-hmm. until it's time to think about that, mm-hmm. and that can be a source of tension mm-hmm. between us and it certainly has been mm-hmm. and i see this between people all the time i see this with uh people who are working in ministries together like sunday school or, mm-hmm. or youth ministry where just nobody's really right or wrong necessarily but it's causing friction yeah because two personalities are frustrated because one personality Wants it done right now. Mm-hmm. And the other personality is like, what's the big deal? We've got six months. Right. So. Uh, but I'm always like, well, what if there's a tragedy or what if there's a big <laughs> deal and we just need to go ahead and get it done? Let's just mark it off. You know, we got a free day. Let's just get it done. <laughs> well, and, you know, you bringing that up reminds me of, of another aspect of this that, at least for me, it may not be this way with every procrastinator. It's also important to say for those that have marked me as lazy right now, because there are, <laughs> they're not the same thing. They're not the a same lazy person is not the same thing. Some as people hear procrastinator and they think, Oh, lazy bum. Mm-hmm. And there are lazy bums out there. That's right. a different problem that right. has to be dealt with differently. I'm not lazy. No, I am a procrastinator. Right. And, and you're also a perfectionist, which yes. is part of the melancholy. That's right. That I'm a perfectionist have. and being a perfectionist is one of the reasons I'm a procrastinator Mm -hmm. because my brain feels like I don't want to do that until I can do it right. Right. Until I can do it 100% perfect. Right. Your mind has to be ready for it, especially Mm -hmm. if if you have to make a phone call or something. (laughs) Yes, I have to be ready. I have to... I need to be in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to give it my full attention. I can't be... um, divided and and trying to do Mm -hmm. three things at once. I can't do three. I can't even do two things at once. And, and so that plays into my procrastination. 
Whereas for your personality, it doesn't matter as much to you if it's done a hundred percent. It doesn't have to be perfect. As long as it's done. Right. And we really misunderstood this about Mm -hmm. ourselves. Well, and I haven't always been that way, but I remember many years ago and if Trina's listening, she'll remember this. I remember walking into the office and, and she, uh, she got on to me and she said, Taylor, she said, there's multiple, multiple ways on cooking an egg and it doesn't have to be the way you want it to be cooked. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ways to cook an egg. That's right. <laughs> well, one of the things just to, to name a, a very kind of small thing, but it felt like a big thing at the time. Um, it wasn't too long ago that our daughter, Julia, needed to have a dentist appointment set up for a cleaning. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if she was way past the six months or not, but uh, she needed to have a dentist appointment set up. And uh, so you asked me to do it, and I said mm-hmm. that I would. Well, I, I didn't do it immediately. It was several days, and you were – was it longer than several days? She's giving me the look like it was several weeks. Was it weeks? I don't know. It probably was a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. All right. That's probably fair. And um, and so you were becoming more and more frustrated about this and and reminding me a lot. And the more you reminded me, the more frustrated I was getting because in my mind it wasn't – well, first of all, we were – prioritizing things differently. So we mm-hmm. had to work through that. And I started to realize that the more you reminded me, the more disrespected I felt. Yeah. Like you didn't <laughs> trust me mm-hmm. to do what I'm supposed to do when I feel like it's necessary. Yeah. But I wasn't realizing that you were feeling hurt or like maybe you didn't care about my personal feelings or things like that, which of course is, is not the truth. And so you would express that. And yeah. I'm thinking, well, that's ridiculous. I, right, I love you. I care about all your feelings. Right. But. Uh, we, and I would never purposely disrespect you or anything like right, that. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, but our lack of ability to sync up yeah. in this way was, was creating these feelings. Or lack of like communicating what we were feeling, you know, we just kept it in instead of saying, this is how I'm feeling. Right. So we were slipping one another up. And, um, and of course this brings us to another difference in our personality, but Mm -hmm. actually we'll get to it another time. And that Mm is I'm passive aggressive and you're very aggressive. And, and so I tend to not always communicate when I'm frustrated. I just Mm -hmm. tend to kind of lock up. And so, one of the things that has helped us, and this applies specifically to a marriage, right? And we'll we'll try to give some other ideas for relationships that are not marriage relationships. But for marriage, we have been doing really for a long time now. Probably the begin from the almost from the very beginning. Yes, but we may not have been. We've kind of gotten it a little better at it, I guess you'd say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, we were taught this this little exercise called Thanos. And it always sounds like Thanos, but it's Thanos with an F. And it stands for? Feelings, affirmation, needs, ownership, and struggles. So feelings is? How you feel, how... You're feeling that day, and it doesn't necessarily have to be how I'm feeling with you. It could be it's a it's general. How am I feeling? Do I feel have I felt happy today? Have I felt sad today? Am you I know, in pain? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we should clarify the way this works is is you take um, a, a particular time of day. Mm-hmm. For us in this season of life, we do it at bedtime mm-hmm. at night. It's not the best time, but. Like you said, we've we've done it at multiple times. We've done it in the mornings. We've done it in the afternoons. We've done it in the later later afternoons. It really just depends. Sometimes it's sometimes it's been in the morning, and then sometimes the next day it's been in the afternoon. It 
you know, with our schedule, it really depends on what the season is. And right now, our season <laughs> is bedtime. <laughs> yeah, we're in the incredibly busy, always right. going season. So uh, bedtime it works for us. Uh, it might would be different for you. Probably would be. But um, And so what you do is you take turns. You go mm-hmm. back and forth. So uh, we go back and forth typically, but one person expresses their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um looking back on the past 24 hours mm-hmm. basically and it's a daily exercise seven days a week mm-hmm. and then after without interruption right you express your feelings and then uh and then your spouse does the same right. so you both get a chance and then you move on from uh feelings to affirmation mm-hmm. which i sometimes call it appreciation but basically <laughs> it's, it's the same thing you're affirming or appreciating something so we typically go through and and try to thank one another for all of the things that we appreciate that they did for us or for our family or right. that they did in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that made you feel appreciated. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, uh, you express appreciation, which is very helpful. And then you go into... Needs. And needs are, which t- is the best time... It for you to ask your spouse if you need them to do something for you, whether or if it's a for me, it's usually a reminder time. You know, that's where I do my reminders instead of, you know, all throughout the day. <laughs> I do all my reminders. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. where this plays in. The reason we bring this up is because this is one of the ways that we have really helped. Not that we're perfect right. by any stretch. Uh, we've got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. But. It really has helped us because I learned to put an expectation on Taylor and then she put an expectation on me mm-hmm. where I said, listen, it really causes me to struggle every day mm-hmm. if I'm texted multiple times or called or, you know, give notes in my lunchbox. No, I'm just no, kidding. Oh but, my you goodness. know, if, if there's notes on my mirror. <laughs> but that's a good idea. Right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, if there's a lot, if I'm reminded a lot that that creates yeah. frustration right. and tension in my spirit all day long. Yeah. And so. And then it causes me to be frustrated if if I don't feel like you're doing it right then. Right. So mm-hmm. it's better not to do it then. And so <laughs> we we decided to, we put, if there's something that Taylor or myself that we want the other person to do, mm-hmm. we put it in those needs. Right. So, for example, if I need to. Uh, uh, call the dentist, then rather right. than reminding me all week long, right. Taylor will put it in our Thanos and she'll say, you know, I really need for you to, to set up a dentist appointment. Right. Or I need you to take that tuna can. Yes. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and, um, and so what I've learned to do is, is to respond to that with the expectation in place. So for example, I didn't realize when we were f- first married and going through some of this stuff mm-hmm. that when Taylor asked me to do something, she means for it to be done within a 24-hour period. Yeah. That's true. I'm, it sounds <laughs> yeah, like I'm being true. funny, but it's true. No, but like, it's true, yeah. And if I, that's what I thought in my brain was right. supposed to happen. You and know? if I didn't do it in that 24-hour period, she was feeling very unloved and yeah, very unappreciated. Sure. And I'm thinking, you know, what does it matter if, if I get it done? Right. It doesn't. You know, does there have to be a you know a time yeah. frame? Yes, and there so does have to be a time frame. No, we, <laughs> right. So we've learned to communicate the That's time right. frame. So um she might say this this uh, really needs done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a situation where I know I can't do it tomorrow, right, right, mm-hmm. then I make the effort to be honest and clear right. and say, I'm not gonna be able to do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't love you with right. all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. <laughs> it's because I can't do it tomorrow. Right. And go through why. Mm-hmm. And and that helps us. Mm-hmm. And so we yeah, might even say, we might even write down or, or put a note to ourselves, text a note to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I need to do this Monday. Mm-hmm. And and then what I have to do is force myself into the mindset that. Once I've committed to a time frame, mm-hmm. then I have to really make an effort to stick to that time frame. Yeah. Uh, having that communication and doing it in a way where it's not 
being communicated over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, now, you might remind me in our Thanos the next night, mm-hmm. you know, remember you said right. you'd do this tomorrow. Right, now. right. And that's good. That's mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, so that's that's one of the ways that we fix the pesternator and procrastinator problem in our marriage. Now, I say fix. That doesn't mean we're perfect. That's we right. Uh, we are not claiming perfection. No, we're not. Um, but that has helped a lot. But for those that are interested in Phanos, uh, feelings, affirmation, needs. Ownership. Uh, ownership is number four. And that is basically where you. Take ownership for something. Maybe if you said something or had a bad attitude and you've realized it, you take ownership for it. And you know that's basically that's the best time to apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry that um, I did this or, you know, I'm sorry I didn't. Um, do what you asked me to do or, you know, or for me, I'm sorry that I reminded you 42 times or something. Yeah. You <laughs> basi- anything. You basically apologize or, right. or even if it's for something that uh, you didn't do to your spouse, you might, yeah, that's right. You might say, you know what? I, I just, I had a bad attitude today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I kicked the cat today, whatever it is, you take ownership. Right. Um, but especially you take ownership for something you might have done to to your spouse. Right. And then you end out with with struggles. Now for us to be clear, we typically have expressed all of our struggles by the time <laughs> we get to this point. So we'll be like, you know what, everything I've said, I think I've already expressed my struggles. I think I've covered struggles. my struggles. <laughs> but sometimes that's not true. Sometimes right. if you really are having a a a struggle that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, you know. Right. And and maybe it's something that's particularly hard to talk about or Yeah. Um and, but it's that's the place to express that struggle that mm-hmm. you're having. And um and so that's how that's how we we do that Thanos. It's it's a wonderful thing. And you know, you can do it in 5 minutes or you can do it in 5 hours. Right. And, and we've done both, so. <laughs> we've done and you will do both. That's right, you now, will. Now, over time as you get more comfortable with it, you you will do it faster. Yeah. And especially if you do it every day like you're supposed to because right. you're not constantly catching up on, on right. you know, old feelings and all of that kind of right. thing. Right. And so uh, for the husbands out there who think this is way too much communication for them, just know if you're consistent with it, yes, it will be much better for you than if you just do it once a week because right. you will be catching up right all night long. Right. <laughs> if you do it every day, you can get it down to a manageable yes. time. Yes, that's right. And it will mean a lot to your wife if you um, give her that kind of time. Well, and take it from someone, too, who is uh, not particularly fond of always expressing Mm -hmm. those emotions on a daily basis be more natural for me. Or who likes confrontation. Or I don't like confrontation. Right. And so, uh, and and Thanos is a time to have confrontation if you need to. It's Mm -hmm. a time to express, you know, I'm very upset right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and and do it in a controlled way. Right. Uh, I don't love that. Mm -hmm. And, um, However, I will say, even for my personality, it, it's very helpful. Yes. Because it forces me to come out of my my natural state of being passive aggressive. Right. Mm-hmm. And to confront things. Right. It forces you mm-hmm. to come out of your state of being aggressive maybe mm-hmm. all day. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. To where, like, you, you've been, you know... You might would express frustration all day about something. Instead, you mm-hmm. you keep it until the appropriate time. And it does help me because I've been able to think on it throughout the day. And with my personality, sometimes it's best that I, you know, I can be upset about something. But if I can think about it for a couple of hours, I realize, okay, that's really not that big of a deal. Right. So it's very, yeah, that's very right. helpful. Right. It gives you time to kind of calm down. Yes. And the same is true for me. Sometimes, you know, I might be frustrated about something. And by the end of the day, I, I realize, well, hey, that was my fault, actually. So it's a one. Now, listen, we know that you if you have a coworker that uh, where they're a pesternator and you're a procrastinator or you're the procrastinator, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. the other way around. We know Thanos doesn't isn't going to be right. something you can do. But what you can do is you can learn to try to understand their personality. Yes. And then 
if you're the pesternator, mm-hmm. try to find ways to express your need mm-hmm. and explain why you need it that way. Right. Whether it's through an email or a text message or a phone call or in person. And do that in a way, if you know that that person is, obviously, if you're pestering someone all the time and it's not working, Stop it's pestering. not working. Yeah. So pester, <laughs> pestering is not going to be the way right. to get the person in the study group to do the right, you know, the way mm-hmm. you want them to do it. You're going to have to find a way to work with their personality. Right. And usually one of the ways you can help a procrastinator is to explain to them, you know, here's why it, it I know that maybe to you it doesn't feel like this needs done. That's right right now. Right. And I understand that. And you might even be right. Mm -hmm. But it would really help me, even if you don't do it tomorrow. Right. It would help me if you could give me some kind of time frame. Yes. And usually, even a procrastinator, if they feel like you're not bullying them. Right. Or treating them as if they're not a responsible human being. Right. Again, we're not talking about lazy people. That's That's a different deal. That's right. But if you if you treat them as if they're someone who is reliable mm-hmm. but just works in a different way, right? You can usually find a way to work together, mm-hmm. whether it's coworkers in ministry, right. and you have to be vulnerable, yeah. which means you have to explain. Listen, I know that I'm a little extra. Mm-hmm. I want it done. Mm-hmm. And I'm an over-communicator. <laughs> and I'm an over-communicator. <laughs> yeah. And you're not. And that doesn't make you a horrible person. Right. But That's right. could we figure out what works for us? That's right. You know, and that might look different depending on your who it is you're talking right. to. Right. That's right. Um, but communicating with them. But and and learning to understand and respect their personality. That's right. Even though it's different. Right. That will keep you from slipping. Right. And it'll keep them from slipping. That's right. And it's not easy. No one said it's easy, right. but it can be done. Yes, that's it, right. It just takes some effort. All right. That's well, this right. has been great. We didn't even get anywhere near where we need to go, but we will be back yep, and we will. pick up with part two. We got a lot more fun for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new French Family edition of Good, Gross, Great. I know everyone is very excited. You're welcome. And today, what do we have today? Cheetos and Mexican street corn. Okay, all right. So (laughs) Cheetos... Tangy, spicy, cheesies, made, oh, cheesy, <laughs> ma- made with real cheese. All right. Good to know. AK, AK plus. So if you're going to your store to look for this, um, it is a kind of a lime green mm-hmm. package. Uh, the cheetah guy is holding a lime with tahini on it. It looks like. How much you want to bet there's tahini? Probably, yeah. In this. For sure. Which I love tahini. Me too. So, uh, just by looking at the package, this looks like something I'd like. Mm-hmm, me too. But um, my experience has taught me that that is not always the case. That's right. So we will we will see. All right, uh, Talma, do you want to remind people the rules of good, gross, great? All right. So you have to test a food and basically say how much you like it with a numbering One system. Ten. Yeah, one to ten. So, uh, how does it work again? Um, so one through four is gross. Five through six is good, and seven through ten is, is great. great. Is great. All right. So, was that right? Are we pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. The other rule is that we have to try things that uh, you can all get in your local uh, grocer, grocery. 
<laughs> grocery addition, whatever it is. You can. <laughs> so this is uh, obviously Cheetos. You can get them anywhere. All right, let's go. Oh, not that. anymore. It's expired. <laughs> oh, these are expired. Well, you know what? It, it is, is what it is. Bless this food to the nourishment yes, of our bodies. Does it, it smell? Smell it. All right, smell the bag. Ooh, that's pretty powerful. Oh, I can smell that it. Smells right that smells amazing. Yeah, it does smell pretty good. So the question is, are you gonna do more than one? It's hard to just get the flavor. I'm probably of the gonna chip. do. I'm probably gonna do two. I'm gonna. Well, do if I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one. See how Julia, much I like it. Julia is here, even though she's a silent partner today. Camera <laughs> <laughs> okay, do two. I'm going to do three. All right, here we go. Mmm. 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 Oh, those are good. Mm. Very good. Mm. Oh wow. More. <laughs> I'm like blown away how delicious these are. Wow. I already have my answer. Let <laughs> <laughs> Talbot go first. <laughs> I think it was a four. It was disgusting. <gasps> a four. That was the most what? disgusting thing uh -uh. I've ever eaten. We had to seem like it was kind of okay. It was a four. No, it tasted like plastic sprinkled plastic on it. Well, I like pasta. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, Julia, what you think? It is a nine. They're really good. They're better mm. than normal Cheetos. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. What do you think, babe? I give it, I'm gonna give it an eight. I definitely think it's great. It's very yummy. Wow. Well. It's <clears> like <throat> spicy Cheetos, but better. Yes, and you can taste the lime on it, which I love. Taste but the what? The lime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the lime is very, and I think that is tahini, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of a spice to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're <laughs> maybe even a little crunchier than regular Cheetos. Yeah, that's delicious. Which which I like. I, you know, listen, I've got to say, I, I think that's a pretty solid nine for me. Right on. I mean, it's yeah. like maybe even a nine and a half. It's almost a ten. Yeah, it is almost a ten. I mean, I could eat this. I could eat this whole bag. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. It's not healthy, and that's why it's not a ten. But I mean. Right. <laughs> This is one of the kind of rare where it's kind of a gimmicky thing, but it's mm -hmm. it's actually it works. It's mm -hmm. really good. And uh, very yummy. Even um, though it's expired, it's still yummy. Well, yeah, but I mean, the that's more just, I eat it, the more I like it. It's got cheese in it. You know, cheese is better with age. <laughs> well, this has real cheese, but it's not real cheese. <laughs> the mold just blends in. Ew. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a natural penicillin. So if you're sick, you should eat a lot of the expired stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think Talmadge is the only one who's kind of like, are you want to change your and opinion? he is over here eating it. You're over here Hardcore. eating them. Are you still on a four or are you going to give it I, go up I'm going to move up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the first bite was not very good. But the more I ate them, it kind of got addicting. Um, so, which is kind of a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah. All right. That is proof that you don't have to have cheese to be cheesy. That's right. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We love y'all. God bless. Bye. Bye. See you later. See ya. Mmm. These are so yummy. Nice little break from my diet. for JJ. Everything meant to break us made us stronger than we were before. Every fear meant to freeze us, braver than we were before. Every lie meant to ensnare us, made us wiser than we were before. Every dream we thought was dead is bigger and better than it was before. Every sad song became a worship medley in the playlist of our lives. I remember when we talked and you cried tears of joy and healing was in the sky. Our hearts soared to spiritual heights as realizations of love filled our eyes. I remember when you took my hand and asked if we would always be all right. I knew then that God would always be at the center of our lives.
He took broken puzzle pieces, trampled, twisted, flipped them round, and made masterpieces. Every hurt meant to embitter made us better than we were before. Every hit meant to bruise made us bolder than we were before. Every strain meant to drain us made us fuller than we were before. Every chain meant to enslave us made us freer than we were before. Every fallen tear became a bubbling brook in the landscape of our lives. I remember when the sun stood still and your eyes grew wide as strong winds beat against us for the very first time. Life did what life does and pain tried to quench the light, but you grabbed my hand and held on tight. That was far from the last time, but it was a beautiful beginning to a wonderful life.